Hallelujah. I want to talk about the shape of an exponential heart this morning. Recently, in our team meeting, so we were all talking and discussing. We realized that we have come to a point in our church life that we do not talk a lot about big dreams anymore. We do not talk a lot about expanding and enlarging. And to a lot, to a, to a certain extent, you know, we, we're almost happy with maintaining. We're almost happy with having one service on Saturday and one service on Sunday, and that's about it. We're almost happy with just getting by and living our lives. I, I'm, I'm very blessed by Ken's offering message because he said this. He said, we've come to a point that all sometimes we can think about is our own family, our own little world, and uh, thinking about our kids' education, even though Bryson is only three, uh, seven years old is primary one. Four years ahead of time, uh, we are actually thinking about our kids more than anything else. And as a result of an inward-looking attitude, our world shrunk, and our world become smaller, and our influence decreases over time. The Bible tells us that all of us are made in the image of God. Every one of us, you know, uh, the character of God, the nature of God, the, the, who God is, is, it's all that. It's what God has put on the inside of us. And that's how God has made us. God is the author of everything exponential. God is the author of everything that is big, unimaginable, something that is wilder than we can ever ask or imagine. He created, the Bible says, the heavens and the earth. He saw that the, the world was void and there was darkness and there was no form. And then he saw that and he wasn't happy. And he created the heavens and the earth for us. He put the moon, the stars, the sky, the sun, an entire galaxy in place. He spoke and all this thing came into being. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, a reference in the New Testament. The Bible tells us that by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that everything that is seen is made out of things that are not visible. So God created everything when He speaks. And everything that we see today, whether it is the building, the cars and everything, the moon, the planets, the galaxy. God made them out of something that was not visible to us before this. Truly, our God is the master of zero to one, from nothing to something. God is the original 10x. That means God cannot just incrementally do something and to just meet the needs. God cannot just one day decide to, okay, you know what? We have a little problem here. Let's give them a little solution. That is not how God is wired. And that is not how we should be wired because we are all made in the image of God. And everybody say, three times more faith. Amen. Are you with me? And that's how God wants us to be. And, and otherwise, why did God take all the trouble to create everything and then make us? And then, and then we, we are nowhere near like God. We, we don't carry the capacity of God. We don't carry the image of God. Church, I want you to know that there's something great that God has deposited on the inside of you 
And you need to discover that. Can't say 17 years ago, we had it. Maybe after a while, some things had robbed it and it's not there anymore. But it's still there. Maybe it's blurred, maybe it's covered, maybe it's buried. I want you to know God wants to change all that on the inside of us and everybody say, Amen. I don't want you to just hear this sermon today and just thought, wow, that's a good sermon. No, I want to pray that as a result of hearing this message this morning, something will change on the inside of you. Something will transform on the inside of you, morphed on the inside of you so that you will have enough in you to take the next one step. And everyone say, in Genesis chapter 12, let me just give you a little background to what I want to share about this morning. It was that very famous uh, Abrahamic promise or the core of Abraham. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I'll bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. So one day, all of a sudden, God appeared to Abraham and said, hey, Abraham, I've got something to tell you. I want to call you out from your country to a place that I will show you. God never told Abraham where he was going. But God said, I want to call you out from what you are familiar to something that you're not familiar with. To go to a place that I will show you that you've never been before, that you're not sure whether you want to be there, but I'm God and I'm taking you there. And so Abraham heard that for the very first time. And I want you to know this. Number one, it was not normal to leave your home country in those days. You do not migrate. There is no migration services in the days of the Old Testament. Well, they don't have passport. But, but you, you don't migrate to another place. You stay among what is familiar. Number two, which is way more radical, is that God said to him, you got to leave your family. You got to leave your family. So to Abraham, it must, I mean, we, we don't, we don't see a lot of the behind the scene. But to Abraham, it'll be like, God, what are you doing? This is not a norm. This is not what I am used to. But to leave my family, Abraham's heart was expanded because he heard the voice of the Lord. And so he responded to God and he went. Church, I want us to know this. If you want your heart to expand, you need to hear the word of God. If you want your heart to be expanded, you need to hear the Word of God. It is the entrance of the Word of God into your spirit that brings about the change on the inside of you. He took a step of faith, left his family, brought Lot with him, of course. So the entire journey was not exactly smooth sailing. Uh, Abraham been through a lot. He had to lie to the king that uh, Sarah was not his wife, it was his sister. And I want you to know, at that time, Sarah was not young. But boy, was she hot. That, uh, she got to, because she said, he said to her, you are beautiful. So please don't tell people you're my wife, otherwise I'll be in trouble. And then there was this Sodom and Gomorrah part of the story where Lot, his nephew, was caught in, in that place and he rescued them. He even defeated kings and their armies and their soldiers. So this was Abraham. You, you can say it wasn't smooth sailing, it wasn't easy, it was very adventurous. But at the same time, it was quite victorious. So he was on the winning end most of the time. However, three chapters later, we do not know how many years he has gone. Three chapters later, in Genesis chapter 15, after these things, 
And after all that had happened just now that I told you, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham, for I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. One night, God appeared to Abraham in a vision. And God told Abraham, fear not. Everyone say, fear not. Everyone say three times more faith, fear not. Why, why was God suddenly appearing to Abraham to tell him not to fear? Because he was afraid. After all the victories, after hearing God, and all of us must have at some point in our lives, that the word of God in your life was so clear, that the promise of God in your life was so significant, that you know and you know and you know that it was God who spoke to you and nobody else. But a few chapters of your life later, fear came upon you. And then you begin to doubt God. You begin to get very worried. You begin to get distracted and to be upset. Abraham was the same. He got upset, he got worried, and he began to become very fearful. But the question is, why was Abraham afraid? What stole that faith to leave his family? What stole the courage to leave his country, to go to a land unknown to him that God would show him? What stole his exponential heart? He, he at one point, he was going all out crazy following God. But suddenly, he was hiding in his tent in the middle of the night, and he must have been talking to God a lot, complaining, worrying about things that are not happening. And then he said this to God, Oh Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless. He said, God, what's the point? Yes, I defeated the soldiers of five kings with 318 of my own servants. Yes, I rescued Lot. Yes, I have all this that I've experienced and I've done in my life. But what's the point, God? You promised me that you'll make me a great nation. But look at me now. I'm not young anymore and my wife has gone past childbearing age. And I don't have a child that I have my own. And this servant, Eliezer of Damascus, is supposed to be my heir, to inherit everything. So when you spoke to me in Genesis chapter 12, does that still count? Does that still relevant? Is that still relevant to me? He was questioning because he was worried about the promises of God that he afraid he was afraid that it may not come to pass. Today, I want to ask all of us, including myself, the same question. Is there anything that has stolen your exponential heart? Remember those years in school when you just graduated, you want to conquer the world, you want to do great things in your life. You want to be able to, to achieve this and make an influence and dent the universe. You want to, your life to count and matter for something. But something stole your exponential heart. Something robbed you from the original image that God has created for you. You and I are not supposed to be average. You are not a copy. Every one of us is made original in the image of God because there's something that God wants you to achieve. God cannot make you live an extraordinarily boring life. Are you with me or not? I mean, don't, don't compare God. Don't, don't imagine God. Imagine ourselves. I will not say to my son, son, when you grow up, Papa, I want you to live this boring life. 
mediocre life. Don't, you don't have to achieve anything. You don't have to go to university and you don't have to study hard. You don't have to strive for A's, although that's not everything in life, but you don't have to uh, just, you don't even have to go to school if you don't like. You don't have to do anything in life if you don't like. If we as human parents will not say that to our own children, how much more God who is the God of the universe? How can God be the God that asks you, you know what, just get by. Joe, just get by. If you are rostered to play in church, play in church. If you are not rostered, doesn't matter, just get by. That is not our God. What is it that has stolen your exponential heart? Is it the child that you have been wanting, that you've been believing God for, like Abraham? Or is it the child that you already have? On Friday night, I, uh, I did a premarital counseling for uh, someone who's not from our church. They're not Christian, but uh, I just wanted to take this opportunity to reach out to them. And they tell me stories. Uh, they say, oh, some of my colleagues at work, the moment they have their child, the wives actually told the girl and say, oh, now that I have a child, I actually don't need my husband anymore. I'm like, huh? What kind of idea is that? But, but maybe the child that we already have stole our exponential heart because uh, Ken said, Bryson is only three and uh, he's planning for primary school. And it's four years from now. I have heard crazier stories that uh, some parents, I know it's not from this church. Turn the neighbor and say, I know it's not you. Some parents, after they, they get the birth certificate for their kid, it's like the mama just eh, 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 gave birth and then get the birth cert. The next thing is, the husband is already in a primary school registering their kids for seven years ahead of time. What? You will do that? Like seven years, you don't even know whether the school will still be there. You don't even know would that school will still be the top school in the neighborhood or not. Like, but it happens. Is it the family? We come to a point in our life sometimes, family is everything, and uh, we put family first. I want you to know family is not everything. God is everything. And everybody say, I don't know. I just, I just felt in my heart today that as I hear Ken's sharing and the entire worship experience this morning, it just... I'm not satisfied because there's something in me that is crying out and saying we cannot live our lives like that anymore. You see, if we keep putting our family first, but the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Everybody say, seek first the kingdom of God. If you're wondering why all these things are not added into your life, perhaps you have not been seeking first the kingdom of God. That's why none of these things are added into your life. To always put God first. To always put the kingdom of God first. Well, if you think that Ken and Charmaine were ridiculous, that they are praying for Bryson's, are preparing for Bryson's primary school to consider selling house and move near to the school, I'm crazier. Alexander is too, and I'm preparing for his university. Why do I talk about it? Like, which uni should he go? Or which country? How much money we need to prepare? But the more we think like that, the more our world shrinks and becomes so small that all that we could ever think about is just our family. To just influence your family the entire lifetime, your vision 
is way too small? Is it the house that you wanted to buy? Is it the second house that you wanted to invest in? The car, the career? Is it security or is it safety? Or perhaps there is too much to lose right now. When we were younger, we had nothing much. We all go crazy and step out in faith and believe God. When we were in the corner factory called number eight, when the switch pump is not working and it's all smelly, we're dying to move out of that place. We didn't have money, but we took that.
by that's my company that's who I am that's my work that's who I am it should exist apart from it I am defined by God the Father in heaven I am defined by the image of God that God has made me for and I think when life robs us of that original image that God has given to us that's when we struggle that's when we retreat retire and move backward but there's still so much more on the inside of us are you with me? so we took a step of faith and we brought, bought this place so we heard rumours that UCSI the school next door wants to move out and I want to trust God and pray we have to have a new kind of thinking of what kind of a church that we want to be we don't have to buy that land we don't have to raise money again we're going to believe God and ask God God what is it that you are trying to tell us to be a new kind of a church I mean this, this area it's an amazing area it's industrial area you have McFood over there and then you have a restaurant over there you have a car services place over there you have telecom over here you have aircon over there you have opposite there a warehouse and then you have Tupperware warehouse over there you have a condominium over there coming up and then you have schools next door what is God saying to us what kind of a church that we want to be do we want to be a family church that hey guys let's not have a big dream don't, don't worry so much don't rock the boat just enjoy life come to church it's great there's a screen there's light I can give my offering fulfill my religious duty obligations it's all done don't settle for that none of us should I shouldn't then we got to ask God God why it is made available every time you come to church ask God why the condominium is there next to our church churches try to plant their church next to a condo but here we have condo try to build their building next to our church we're trying so hard to go to the harvest field the harvest field coming to us are you guys with me? there'll be traffic there'll be people parking all the cars all over the place but praise God because it shows that there are a lot of people in this place and God has given us a mandate that it's not about the Persian and the bass but God wants us to catch men and women transform lives into the kingdom of God how do you want to define a new you? today that's the shape of our exponential heart I told the staff I say don't just do whatever that you're doing right now for this office do it right now because of the potential of the churches that we have planted that need us the potential of all the churches that can be planted we, we talk dreams we believe God for great things I want us to wherever you are this morning to come before God and say God I'm responding to you I don't want to be the standard regular person doing my regular job I want to be a new kind of me close our eyes right now